Tov. Today's stuff is uh, Lamed Zayin, 37, and we pick up with submission on the bottom of Lamed Vav Bet. And we now move from discussions of categorizing mitzvot uh, between, like, men and women to categorizing mitzvot between um, those that apply everywhere and those that apply only in Eretz Yisrael. So again, it's clear, you know, that the uh, theme here of this parash is to sort of pull a lot of things together and create categories, categorizing all the different things that can be acquired and the ways in which they can be acquired, um, right? And then sort of a categorizing here of, um, of uh, you know, about the mitzvot and how they are sort of allocated and who, who you know, which ones apply to men, women, in Israel, out of Israel, and so on. Sort of reminds one of the Ain Bains in Megillah, where you wind up having like a wide scope of things. Um, here, you know, it's not exactly as much of a linguistic theme. There might be a kol, kol mitzvah al-av, which has applied it, you know, to, 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 to parents, for, you know, to fathers versus sons, or children to their parents. So there's the kol type of a, of a word going on here. Um, but it seems also just more the general theme of categorizing, of, you know, broad scopes of things, of categorizing kinyanim and categorizing mitzvot. Anyway, with that in mind, we have uh, this mission here. We pick up with this mission on the bottom of Lamed Vav Amut Bet. Extremely long first parak. It is a very long first parak. I think it's the longest yeah. of the prakim uh, in Shas. Any mitzvah that is dependent on the land, um, applies only in the land of Israel. And is not dependent on the land. Applies whether in the land of Israel or outside of the land of Israel. Chutz may mean with the exception of Arla and Kilayim. Arla, the first three years, something was planted. Kilayim, a mixture of a crossbreeding of seeds. That that actually applies even in outside of the land, even though that has to do that is related to the you know the earth. It's about things that grow on the earth, in the earth, nevertheless. Um, by the way, within Orla and Kilayim, um, there is, uh, according to a, uh, a Mishnah, um, Orla is, uh, Orla is Halach Lemoshem Yisinai, and Kilayim is only Durabanan, which is a little like, you know, to me it's a little like, uh, a little ironic. Like, if I had to guess which of those is more weighty, you know, you know, I would have get, or, or like more logical to apply in Chutzlaret, I would have picked Kilayim. Because, you know, kilayim is a sense of, like, the same way there's other forms of kilayim, like crossbreeding animals and wool and linen and all those other types of things. Okay, there's a kilayim that has to do with seeds, but not necessarily having to do with the land of Israel, even though it is a, a way in which you crossbreed something in the land. Nevertheless, interestingly, kilayim is only Jorabanan. Arla, which logically is linked in the Torah to Netzeravai, the fourth year fruits which are brought to the base of Mikdash, and something that you might think is more related to the Kedushad Ha'aret, that's something that we say is Halach Lamoshim Yisinai. So those are two things that apply outside the land of Israel. Now the fact that, even though they're land-based, now the fact that it mentions something that's rabbinic, and, and it says, oh, but it applies out of the land of Israel, suggests that everything else doesn't apply out of the land, everything else that's land-based doesn't apply out of the land of Israel, even at a rabbinic level, right, which is important, and I'll discuss that in a minute. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Afa Hadash, even uh, Hadash, very relevant now, it's going to be Pesach very soon, and the new prohibition of the new grain that is prohibited until the 16th of Nisan, that even though that is based on the land, that applies 
um, also out of outside of the land of Israel. So I want to read so a little bit of Gemara that just clarifies the shot of this, and then discuss a little bit some important points that come up in this large Tosfos on the bottom of Lamed Vav Lamed Bet. Let's take a look at the Gemara. My tluya umay she'inat tluya. What does it mean, dependent and not dependent on the land? Maybe dependent means the way the verse re- relates to its dependency on the land. So a lot of verses, particularly in Dvarim, would say, it will be when you come to the land that God gives you, you know, and you inherit it, you know, and, you, and A, B, and Z, and C happen. So maybe it means when the Torah connects certain mitzvot to entering into the land, so the Torah makes it dependent, uh, not on the dirt, but on entering the land, then it's limited to the land of Israel. When the Torah does not make it dependent on entering into the land, it's not dependent. Okay, so what would, so what would be with that? So the Gemara says, my So it says, um, It does not say when you enter in the land. How about Tefillin and the, uh, and the, uh, you know, the firstborn of the donkey? Dixim and Bia, it tells you that entering into the land, that's actually in Shemos. You know, whatever. What's the Pasuk there? Okay, it's, it's, it's the Pasuk of Tefillin. Right, exactly. Well, exactly. So that would be a little bit funny. So, 13, 13, thank you. Could open the sitter, that's true. People say it after they put on their Tefillin. Okay. Okay. Okay, so maybe the mitzvah of Bechor and Petach Hamor and Tzilin should be limited to, uh, what do you call it? To when we, uh, to, to only in, in the land of Israel. Maybe outside the land of Israel it's only Jerabanan. Okay? Or something. So actually, so the Gemara says, um, but that can't be. The Gemara says, Vatsun Petach Hamor, uh, one minute. So how do we know that the tefillin applies in Chutzlaret? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Oh, because Yeah, we know that in Babel they would put on tefillin. I mean, we see it in the Gemara. Presumably the, rabbi, the, the authors of the Babel knew that we wear tefillin in Chutzlaret. Now Tosel says, well, okay, but maybe that's only Midorabbanan. Okay, so he says, no, because the Mishnah makes it clear that when we're talking we're talking even about rabbinically right because when the Mishnah mentions the exception of Arlen Kilayim that applies in Chutzaret so Kilayim is only rabbinically applying in Chutzaret so we're, when we say that they don't apply in Chutzaret we mean they don't apply whether biblically or rabbinically so and we know that Tzillin does apply in Chutzaret even if you wanted to argue rabbinically it still doesn't fit the Mishnah so therefore it cannot be that that means about whether the Pasuk links it to uh, entering into the land or not now I do want to say something one minute about Tzillin being linked to entering into the land because there is a um, famous Rashi on the Torah that the Ramban actually picks up uh, Rashi is actually quoting in Midrash Halacha about this where um, where uh, the Pasuk is by the Kriyat Shema where it says let me find the Pasuk alright all right, one minute we'll get to that um We'll get to that. Um, okay. Um, so the post by Krishna is. 
hold on. the second part of Kriyat Shema. Hold on. Um, all right, if I don't find one more minute, we're going to go on. I'll just tell it to you from memory. But hold on one second. Um, <laughs> no, listen. Well, he's saying how the Gemara knew, how the Gemara knew. Okay, one minute. You'll go. Hold on. Okay, anyway, um, there's a Rashi, which I'm not finding right now. I apologize, I should have looked at it last night. But anyway, um, oh wait, maybe this is it. Oh yes, here, Rashi. But on the Pasuk of Shema, this is on, on Yud Aleph, uh, Yud Ched, in Tvarim. Right? Everybody with me, right? The puzzle with some of the Jayel of Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Shartim, Osam, Osay of Gambayul, Tosafos, Pain, and Echem. Sraji says, What's the something, Mr. Vayela? Afu Acher Shetiglu, because it speaks about your sin and, you know, your God will exile you in the second part of Shema. Hayumitsu Yanim de Mitzvot. Hinichu Tfilin, Asumizuzot. Do, you know, d- distinguish yourself out in Golis with mitzvot, filin and mezuzah. K'day shalo yulachem chadashim k'shetichzeru. So it shouldn't be like something new when you return to the land. L'chein wom es practice. Yitzivu l'chatziyunim. So the Ramban says, what do you mean to practice? It's a mitzvot chuyis v'guf, right? So this leads the Ramban to lay out his whole theology that even the mitzvot chuyis v'guf are fundamentally the real performance of the mitzvot that the Torah, I mean, which is true in the Torah. The Torah imagines this. The Torah doesn't lay out an idea of a sort of a Judaism as a religion and by the way there's also the idea of living in the land of Israel right in Dvarim it's basically these are the mitzvot of the land you live as a nation as a people in the land Goes is called exile for reason because it's not the natural state of being so the Ramban says even when it's done true that mitzvot haskli is apply in chutzaret that's not really their ideal performance and really the real way the Torah wants you to be performing all the mitzvot is in the land of Israel now some people are so bothered that by this Rashi that he talks about and mezuzahs that they're only like practice for getting back into the land they switch the girsa because when Rashi says tfilinu mezuzot some people want to claim 
it's not true. But some people want to claim that Rashi wrote this originally. And people who have Tfilotu Masros, and they got rich at Tfilinu Mezuzot. But it's not true. And Rashi is actually picking up on the Psukim, because the Psukim speak about, right, that you'll go into Golos, right? Right, it says, Avartem Mehira Me'ala Tzatovah. And then it says, V'samtem Estra'ela, Uksartem Lo'osayetchem, V'limadetem Esfinechem, Uksartem Al Mezuzot Seifechem, right, L'man Yibuyimechem, Al Ha'aretz, exactly. Al Ha'adamach, excuse me, Asher Nishpachem Lavotechem. So that really, it's an important, it's like, on one way, you read this, come on, what a crazy Havamina that Tfilin, you know, should apply, should, should, no, should not apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. But, you know, Rashi there is, real, that Rashi is pointing to the fact that that's actually the shot of the Psukim is that all the mitzvot ultimately are to be done in Eretz Yisrael. But, okay, Lamasa, it is, it, it is true that when we are in Golis, we still do these other mitzvot. All right, I don't know, Pet but at least it's. Oh, <laughs> all Torah mitzvahs. That's true too. Anyway, but that doesn't make Rashi less. Anyway, so the point is, is that clearly Tfilin and Tfilin applies outside of Israel. So it cannot be that that the Tchuyava Aretz means that the Pesach speaks about entering the land, because then Tfilin would not apply in Chutz Aretz. So the Gemara says, um, uh, so so the Gemara says like this. Um, Here's how to read it. It's not about the way the Pasuk frames it. It's about the very nature of the mitzvah itself. If it is something that is about what you to do, you know, what you as a person are supposed to do, then that applies everywhere. Chovat karka, if it relates to the, to the, to the earth, right, to, to either the earth or something that grows from the earth, right, so if it, then, even though Haggis Erebarth, and that's only in the land of Israel, except but anything, for well, except for Arlington, which is even a Chutzach, but anything basically, so you don't have to look in the Psukim, you just look at the reality. Is this something that deals with the land and the produce that emerges from the land? Then it's in Eretz Israel. If it's unrelated to the land and its produce, it relates even in Chutzach. Okay. And now the Gemara is going to say, Minani Milia. How do you know this from? The Tanu Rabbanana, Rabbi's taught, Ela Chukim, Ela Machukim, Vamishpatim, Asher Chispun, Lasot, Ba'aretz is the end of the Pasuk. So these are the laws. Ela Hamidrashot. That's a very interesting gloss on the word Chukim. Normally you assume it to mean like, you know, uh, like uh, not civil law. Maybe it's to suppose, as opposed to Mishpatim, which is civil law. Or maybe it's something which seems relatively arbitrary. I don't exactly understand. I understand, but it's very interesting because it speaks about observing these in the land. And I'm not exactly understand what the link is between the word chok and midrashot, even if midrashot means midrash halacha, not midrash hagada, right? But you don't observe the midrash, you observe the halacha. So it's, uh, I don't know I, 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 if, if, if you're seeing any interesting interpretations there in your English, but it's, to me it's a very strange gloss on that. Vahamishpatin, the laws, eladinim, these are like the, the civil laws. Asher maroon that you should observe. Zomishna, that does not actually refer, refer to the actual performance, that refers actually to the learning of it, the teaching of the laws, in order, because in order to observe it, you have to know what they are. So maybe that's parallel to Chukim, like you, you, the, the Midrash and the Mishnah. The Midrash is, you know, um, what is it, David Weiss Olivni wrote a book, right? Midrash and Mishnah. Right, those are the two components of what Talmud Torah is about. One is how do you derive it from the Psukim, and the other is the, the teaching of the law, of the bottom line, what's derived, not the process of derivation. Okay, so maybe it's parallel to the Chukim is the Tishmarun. So whether it's through the process of engaging the Psukim or the teaching of the laws, that's how you preserve them and preserve the engagement with them. Ba'asot, that you perform them, zuma'aseh, that's the doing. Ba'aret, in the land, okay, yacho kolom mitzvot kulan mo yehinu ha'gesh ha'lebar, so you go all the mitzvot, elu ha'gesh ha'lebar, ba'aret, 
right? All of them only apply in the land, similar to what we were discussing before. All the all the years that you are living on the land. I know the irony here is that Asher Chayim Al Adama. But the Gemara is reading it for forever. So something that has universal application. There's periods in our history where we weren't dwelling on the land. So that must mean that the mitzvah supply. Again, we're learning all places from a puzzle that's about all times. If it's all times, maybe everything applies outside of the land of Israel as well. No, it emphasizes in the land. After it spoke broadly and it spoke narrowly, which one, what applies everyone, what applies only in the land? Very appropriate timing for go out and look. A big tabudun after that opening, it says, destroy all the places they worship their idols. The same way destroying idols is something that is a personal obligation, um, or not worshiping, and also destroying, I assume. And therefore, that applies. Out in all places. Everything similar. So we are reading the end of the pasuk. Which again, ironically, because we're bracketing al hadama, and we're reading kol hayamim, and the immediate next pasuk after kol hayamim is destroying avodasara. So we use that as the paradigm and say anything that is like avodasara, the not worshiping, the destroying of avodasara, etc., applies in all times, in all places. Anything that's a chovat haguf. Again, the irony here besides just that it says al ha'adama the additional irony is is that the mitzvah to destroy a vodazara at one level it applies even in chutzaret but there's a heightened obligation in the land the Gemara says is that in the land of Israel you have to go and like uproot it like dig after the roots you have to completely uproot it in the land right and that's certainly the sense of the psukim the psukim you read the psukim you do not get a sense that if you happen to be visiting somewhere in India and see an idol you're supposed to break it right the sense is that when you're settling in the land, that this should be your land, you have to destroy all the Avodazara. So that raises another interesting question of what Tluya Ba'aret means. Because that's not about Karka, that's about being in the place that is your nation. And we're going to see other mitzvot that are related to that. I don't know, building a Beit HaMikdash, having a king. There are a lot of things that are setting up Are Miklat. Right? There are a lot of things that have to do with the fact of what it means that this is our, our country, right? which, is all, which is a very different type of Tluya Ba'aret that also apply, applies in the land. And so the irony here is that destroying Avodazara is similar to that. I mean, there is a mitzvah outside, but the real mitzvah is in the land of Israel. So again, it's very <coughs> funny that this serves as this model for Chovat HaGuf that applies everywhere. So is there an obligation to break that idol in the end? Yeah, I think right when it comes into your possession or whatever, but you don't have to proactively go after it. Yeah, the irony, the double that. irony is, is that you read all of Masechus of Vodazara, and I mean, you know, academics have written on this, you read all of Masechus of Vodazara, and you would never have an idea that there's a mitzvah to destroy a Vodazara, because there was a historical reality that, you know, the Jews then living in, you know, under Roman rule or whatever, you know, they had to basically completely bracket the mitzvah to destroy a Vodazara. <laughs> so, yes. Is there anything to say that the verb here that's operative is nohag? And so there you see that implicit in the word minhag 
is very close to halacha and chuvah. Well, I think, I mean, no, Hague means applicable. Look, you're right. I mean, Chaim Salvechik has spoken about the fact that, you know, you have, that this distinction is captured in modern Hebrew where we talk about the difference between <coughs> minhag and, and nohag. Minhag is a custom. Nohag is practice. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that we wind up conflating the two. Right. But the simple sense of no Hague here means, is, is, you know, yeah. applicable. Right. It's practiced. Okay. Except for Arla and Kilayim, which apply even in Chutz Laaretz, as we said, one is Arla Salach Lamosh Misina, and Kilayim is Drabanan. And then Rabbi Eliezer says, and this is also so important, especially now that we're coming up to Pesach, well, actually, it's less immediate, now that we're coming up to Pesach, it's going to be less important. It's important for the half of the year from, <laughs> from Rosh Hashanah until Pesach. Anyway, whether Chutz Laaretz applies outside of the land of Israel. So, Ibailu, Rabbi Eliezer, Lekula Pro, what? Chutz what did I say? I'm sorry, Chutz Chodesh applies uh, from, right, because usually, just to sort of, so people don't know, what happens is is that in the land of Israel, there's really only one wheat season. So the prohibition of Chodesh has almost no real impact, because by the time the wheat becomes, like, ready to be harvested, I mean, the first stuff that's harvested is right around Pesach, and that's really the only harvest. So therefore, right, Chodesh means anything that is harvested before the Omer is brought is forbidden to be eaten until the Omer is brought. But in Eretz Yisrael, you would really have to go out of your way to harvest wheat and have it ready to be eaten, right, before the Omer, because the Omer is like the barley, it's the earliest harvesting, and so on. And then there would, that would be the only wheat harvest. But in uh, Chutz Laaretz, and, you, you know, the wheat. Wheat. what? Yeah, you have winter wheat. Yeah, winter wheat, which gets harvested right around, you know, after the, uh, you know, the Omer, and um, and then uh, I'm sorry, which so gets harvested for the next. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right, right. So because the difference is, let me clarify, the stuff that gets harvested after the Omer, it, it has to do with when it takes root. So everything that is, and all the wheat and barley that you're going to harvest that year in Israel has taken root before the Omer is brought, and then when the Omer is brought, then you harvest it totally okay. But what happens is, is that in Chutzlaret, not only in the States, but in you know, France and Germany and all those places, you know, wheat would take root, would be planted and take root you know, uh, in the winter, and it would be harvested um, sometime in the... Well, no, actually, when would it be harvested? It would be harvested, because I think it comes to market right around Rosh Hashanah. So why is it called winter wheat? I think it's the spring wheat that's the problem, not the winter wheat. The winter wheat is what you harvest in the spring. Okay, I might get the names wrong, but anyway, what happens is, I think this might be the spring wheat. Anyway, it's planted, it's planted after, um, like in the spring, and it's harvested like sometime in the fall, and it comes, or like, you know, at, or in the summer, and it comes to market right around Rosh Hashanah time. So it's planted, so it's, after, it's planted the after the Omer, and it's harvested, uh, you know, somewhere, and, 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 and comes to market right around Rosh Hashanah time. So if you were practicing out, out of Israel, the land of Chadash, you can't eat any of that wheat for the next six months. Okay, and therefore it becomes a really major issue that, that the Rishonim had to confront. And the question is, well, first of all, which wheat are you dealing with? Are you dealing with the stuff that was just recently harvested or the stuff that was, you know, that was sort of already growing or whatever or in the springtime when the Omer was planted? How do you know? So it becomes a very big question about Chodesh and Chutzlar. So let's see what the Gemara says. Chutzmin or Lavakilayim. Yibailu, there is the question. Rabbi Yoliezer, the Kula Pali, 
when Rebbe, is Rebbe Eliezer arguing um, leniently or l'chumer poli or strictly what would that mean l'chumer poli he's being strict and he's saying the Chodesh applies in Chutzaret Bahri Kamar Tanakama Chutzmin Arla V'inakilayim Tanakama is saying only Arla and Kilayim apply in Chutzaret the Hilchas HaGemiri this Kamar here frames them both as Halacha L'Moshim Sinai Avagav Diklamei Mechobos Karkehi although logically these are land-bound mitzvot nevertheless Arla and Kilayim apply in Chutzaret Aval Chodesh in is only in the land. My time Because here's what it says by Chodesh. It speaks about when you come to the land, and then it says What's the pasuk? Wait, wait, so he's not arguing. He's disagreeing with the Tanakhama. No, 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 no. He's disagreeing. One minute. We're not up to what he said yet. Let's first say what the Tanakhama says. Okay, it says the pasuk says Lechem All of your Places where you dwell. So all the places where you dwell could be understood to mean Chutzlaret. Uh-huh. Or could mean, well, where you're supposed to be dwelling, which is in the land of Israel. So why would it say Moshvotechem? What's it in, why, Don't even say it, right? Why, it's implicit. What would Moshvotechem be coming to say if not, if not, well, okay, if not, all, you know, in Chutzlaret. So that's going to be the debate. So one minute. So Tanakhama says Chodesh is only in Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Chodesh in my time or why Moshav when it says where you dwell that doesn't mean out anywhere it means it means after you're settled in the land so the first 14 years they entered the land and they were fighting the wars and they were conquering the land they weren't have been Chayv and Chadash because it wasn't yet Moshav right they weren't yet well settled in the land so means after you're settled in the land but it does not mean anywhere you dwell okay that would be Tanakhama the Asher Rebbe Lezer Lameim and Rebbe Lezer comes to say, Af Chodesh no Eg Bein Baritz Bein Bechutzarts. Even Chodesh applies outside of the land of Israel. My time on Moshev when it says where you dwell, Bchol Makom Shetem Yoshim wherever you dwell. So he that's the simple read of the Mishnah that he's being strict and he's saying not only do those two apply in Chutzarts, even Chodesh applies in Chutzarts. Okay, so that would be one way to read it. Odiyama or do we say Rekula Poli? He's being lenient. Vachikamer. The things that apply in Chutzlar, it's the land-based things, are Arlan Kilayim, that we have as Allah Lemosh Misinai. The Koshikain Chadash, and certainly Chadash. The Moshav, I know. Alright, whatever. The Moshav, Komakam Shetem Yoshimat. That goes without saying. It says Bechom Moshavikim. I don't even have to say that. Okay, it's very funny. Like you, you know, one day you like yeah, I know. But also, Rebbe Lezer, the name of Rebbe Lezer, no, you're wrong. Chadash ain't an oigel Chadash is only in the land. The Moshe Moshe means after you're dwelling, but it means in the land. Umay asked, why did you say exactly. even Chadash? Akamaisa. Yeah. No, no, no. Even Chadash is limited to the land of Israel. It's a really Iker Chasamina safer. How could he be responding to a Chadash of the Tanakhama that the Tanakhama didn't say? Anyway, the Gemara thankfully is going to reject that. It's going to have Rebbe Eliezer being the Machmi. Tashma coming here, Damar Baye, Mantana the Poligalade Rebbe Eliezer, who argues on Rebbe Eliezer? What? Well, who is the Tanakhama? Yes. Rebbe Yishmael. It's Rebbe Yishmael. Titania. 
So here we're going to get to a general hermeneutic about how to read the Pasuk Moshevotechem. Does it mean wherever you dwell, even out of the land of Israel? Or does it mean after you've settled in the land? So this is going to be a position, a debate of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva about something which seems much more like, not as central to sort of this issue, but it's just a question about when do they bring the sachim, the sort of wine and, uh, you know, and flour and oil that would accompany korbanot. Because there the Pesukim speak about that you should bring it the Pesuk is what's the Pesuk? Oh, um, after Korach you had that when you, when you, uh, right so the Pesuk is in Shlach Lecha because Ki Tavol Eretz Moshvotechem the land of Moshvotechem now I have to tell you you ask me there's a slight difference between Bechol Moshvotechem and Eretz Moshvotechem okay but anyway Rabbi Ishmael says that that the Pesukim there are uh, that you only bring the Sachim on a Bamagdola. Bamagdola means that there's a central altar. So there was a period where, you know, they would, there would be Heter Bamot. You could all offer on your private Bama, but there would still be a central communal altar, like in Nov and, Gil, and, Gil, and, 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 and Givon and in Gilgal and Shiloh and whatever. There would be a central altar of Bamagdola. So Rabbi Eliezer says that since it says in the plural, you shall bring the Nisachim, okay, Lachem, etc., that, that it's in the plural, that it means only on the Bamagdola. So if it's only on the Bamagdola, so then what does it mean when it says, you know, wherever you dwell? Because it can't mean, forget even Chutzlaret. Does it mean throughout the land of Israel? So we said, well, how could you bring Nisachim throughout the land of Israel if you can only bring it in one central place? So Moshevotechem can't mean throughout the land of Israel. The only thing Moshevotechem can mean is after you settle in the land. Okay, everybody with me? If it means the central Bama, then Moshevotechem can't mean wherever you are. It has to mean after you settle in the land. That's what he says. So therefore, the first 14 years, they would not bring Nesachim. So the Gemara says, this teaches you, once I start with the assumption that you would only bring it on a Bama because it's in the plural, your, you know, Lachem, I'm giving it to you as a, as, as, as a whole, and therefore, it's only the Bama then Moshevotechem can't mean wherever you are. Moshevotechem must mean after you settled in the land after the first 14 years and this teaches you whenever it says Moshav does not mean wherever you dwell it means after you settled that's what Rabbi Ishmael said Rabbi Akiva says to him Shabbat it says by Shabbat Moshavot. Rashi says Lo Tosus has a different pasuk. The pasuk that says Shabbat Hi LaHashem B'Chol Moshavotechem. So that says B'Chol Moshavotechem. That clearly means wherever you dwell. So Moshavot does not mean after you settle. Moshavot means wherever you dwell. Amalei Shabbat Kavachomer Asya. Nah, that we know from a Kavachomer. Ma mitzvah kalos nagis bein baris bein bechutzar. If other sort of trivial mitzvah, not trivial chasvachal, if other lighter mitzvot apply in chutzaretz, even and presumably it means that are not dependent on the land of Israel, the light mitzvot that are not dependent on the land apply in chutzaretz. Shabbos chamur lo kolshik, and how much more so the weightier mitzvah of Shabbat. Okay, so therefore, so then we still have to answer, so why does it say Moshavot by Shabbat? But we'll get to that later. Anyway, what you have here is a debate of Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Yishmael, that Rabbi Yishmael says Moshavot means 
in the land of Israel after you've settled, although there's sometimes when it means something else like Shabbat and we'll have to deal with it, but it means in the land of Israel after you've settled, and Rabbi Akiva says the default meaning of Moshavot is wherever you dwell. So now apply that to the Chadash Fadet, and therefore the Tanakhama that says that it's only in the land follows Rabbi Yishmael that says Moshavot means in the land when you've settled it, and Rabbi Eliezer that says it applies everywhere follows Rabbi Akiva that Moshavot means wherever you dwell. Yes, Michael. So how come, uh, I, I asked this before, why can't we say it means even Ever Yardin and not the rest of Chutzaretz? Because you, know, you might think it's different because Eretz Yisrael proper was supposed to be... The general presumption is that Ever Yardin has the same Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and you don't need a special Pesach to, in, to include it. There are some places in which Ever Yardin has a slightly different status like by Bikurim <laughs> or whatever but the general presumption is, I mean... The, the basic if you see a basic reboy of the pasuk it's not to outside of the land it's to include broader kutzah that's the basic assumption Chazal makes that they work with the presumption that Eber Yadim generally is, has Kedushas Eretz Yisrael and is already primarily included already in the land so you wouldn't need a reboy I hear the question I'm just telling you that's the Rabbi Akiva therefore today yeah. we are still not settled in the land because there's no national central Bama what? Uh, in other words, what's the definition of the completion of the settlement? Oh, after the first 14 years. That's not Rabbi, you mean Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Ishmael says that it only applied after, yeah, yeah, after Rabbi, right. Exactly. That would be after the first 14 years of but, conquering the land. And then there was a central altar. Yes. No, there was a central altar. No, 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 there was a central altar beforehand. It's just that these, the Nisachim did not apply because it was not, it was, it was not yet... That's his whole point. Yeah, they could have been brought at the central altar, but that's what the Pesach has to tell you, that they don't begin until after the land has been conquered and settled, until after the first so 14 years. So the fact that that central altar subsequently was destroyed is irrelevant. The status has already been established. Correct, correct. Um, I mean, it would still be limited to when there is a central altar. Like that's what I'm a, asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you only, but it only begins after the first 14 years. Right. So, okay. Now, I want to talk about this big tosos. Two important parts. I want to start with Chadash because it's very relevant for us. Now, first of all, <laughs> the point is, th- this tosos is Kol Mitzvot. So, first he talks about, about Arlo, which I'll get to in a minute. But I want to first talk about uh, the Chadash, which is coming up and people feel like things of greater relevance. So the question is, if we him, <coughs> how do you him? Rabbi Eliezer says here it applies in Chutzarts. Do we him that way or not? Okay, the Tanakhama says that it doesn't. So maybe we'll just go at the Tanakhama. So the problem is that there's another Mishnah. The other Mishnah is, let me pull it up. Um, do, 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 do. So you're getting stuck here. I am not giving stock. I am teaching halacha. Yeah, but you would say we should go like the Tanakama, right? That would make life easy. And according to the Tanakama, remember, Tosos pointed out that, it's a, that if the Tanakama says it doesn't apply in Chutzlaret, that means it doesn't apply even in Durabanan. Right? Because the mission is including things that are Durabanan. So that would be like the best in terms of what? I always ask what the halacha is. So there you go. Okay. So the, um, um, the tour goes on for pages on this. Okay, so anyway, it says like this. Um, okay, here is the last Mishnah in Arla. It says like this. Hachadash See, that's where the Chassam self forgets his lines. Hachadash Mishnah in Arla. Hachadash Hachadash so it's got oil and kilayim. That's either Allah Moshe Mithin or Medivir Sofrim. Chadash B'chol Makom. He sounds Jeraisa B'chol Makom and nobody debates it. So a number of Rishonim say, oh, let's just go like the Mishan Kiddushin that has it as a Das Yachid of Rabbi Eliezer and we could say we pass him like the Tanakhama. 
And others say, you're not allowed to do that because you got another Mishnah that's a Stam Mishnah. I'm going to get to a question about Stam, but that's a Stam Mishnah that is situated in the Ikar discussion of those issues in Orla. So that should dictate and that shows that it is the, the Halacha. So there's that debate of do you in, which position do you in? If you look at Tosvos, look at the bottom here of Tosvos on the bottom of Lamed Vav Amad Bet. Tosvos is like this. Venera, the very last line of the Tosvos of Lamed Vav Amad Bet. Venera is a Chodosh Noeg Bizman Hazeh. So it's Venera. Okay, he doesn't, here he doesn't enter into that discussion, right? It's also a funny phrase, Bizman Hazeh. What he really means is not a question about when, but a question about outside of the land of his. Although, somebody could argue, well, since it's totally in the bringing of the Omer, so yeah. maybe if there's no bringing of the Omer, it doesn't apply. But the Gemara is very clear about that, that it's still right, so it doesn't matter whether there is a base of Mikdash or not a base of Mikdash, it still applies. It's just that if there's no Omer, it gets Mutter on the day of the 16th, even without the Omer. So it tells us by saying Bizman Hazeh, what he really more means is, you know, in out, like, out of Israel, for us, okay? Well, the cock, although it's funny, just as Venera, he doesn't get into that discussion about do we pass in Rabbi Eliezer, do we pass in Tanakama? Well, the cock, he actually is a hair, Shimadam Yodeh Bevadai, Shasarim Nizru Achazman Hakravsa Omer. If you know that the grains were planted, definitely that they were planted after the Omer was brought, I know Acha Yudvav Benisan, Shelo Yochamehem that you should not eat from them if you know for sure that they were planted after. Just the well, I know, it's funny he mentioned Seorim, it's everything. But the reason he probably mentioned Seorim is because a big area which was to challenge was uh, mead, was the sort of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, and that therefore, um, and that was the stuff that was like, I think that they had, you know, uh, I, I forget, I, at one time I knew all the halacha, all the history of this stuff. But anyway, they had like a lot of, of uh, a lot of a, a lot of beer that they couldn't do without, and that there was that they could not sort of be nizhar in. in terms but you of can that. do business in it, right? Or, or you no, no, it's not asher behana. We shouldn't asher everything out of safek. Even the rove asherim nizru kodem tetzdayim benisan. You go by the rove. So, you know, it's so funny. It's like, like it is an Israel Raisa, you know, Suffolk wouldn't be enough, but there's an assertion that the majority was beforehand. Okay, is that assertion really true? Is there ways of knowing? You know, is there a way of being the Varer? Yeah, or is Lina Basaruba or Bittel Barov? It's a little bit of a question, which it is, because there's a question that it's all mixed up, or the question is you don't know which lot it came from, but you could assume that it comes from the Rove. Anyway, they, they certainly basically started, most Rishonim started with the reality that we're not Nizhar, and let's find a way to justify it. And they sort of worked backwards. Okay, did you okay. clarify this Orim, you mean No, that's what Michael asked. Yeah. I think, I mean, it would apply equally to wheat, but the bigger issue, I think, had to do with the, the beer, and with, uh, therefore with barley. Um, uh, the beer was the big thing that was very uh, pervasive that they had to... Uh, it applies to all things. It applies things, to all right? things. Okay, it will be Yushami Nami V'chadash Noheg Af of the Kochavim. The, uh, how about the fact that the grain is grown by non-Jews? Maybe that should be a way out of it. So you have all these suggestions. Maybe it doesn't apply in Chutzlar. Maybe it doesn't apply if it's grown by non-Jews. Okay, it's better. No, that's not going to help us. The parichalad masnisin diktani afa chadash amaylo tani chalom. So the Yushami says, why is something not listed? And it says, we're not talking about things that are that don't apply when they're owned by non-Jews. Mashma like the chadash diktani masnisin dog b'shelov de kochavim. It sounds like everything being discussed is things that apply even if they're owned by non-Jews. So being grown by non-Jews doesn't help. Being grown in chutzlar doesn't help if you pass them like Rabbi Eliezer and you have to rely on an issue like rove. 
then the question is, is the rov really accurate? And is the rov really accurate under some circumstances? Mm-hmm. Some cases maybe yes, some cases no. Um, you know, the big thing also, so some Rishonim developed an idea called Svexeka. The Svexeka was the following. Maybe the stuff came from last year's grain. And even if it came from this year's grain, maybe it came from the grain that took root before the Omer. Of course, the funny thing is it's really just one suffix. Maybe it's from grain that's Yashan as opposed to grain that's Chadash. Um, so, you know, you have a lot, and some Rishonim try to say we paskin like Rebbe Yezer, some try to say we paskin that it doesn't apply by non-Jews. The Yorch if I remember correctly, suggests that maybe it only applies in the wheat season that could be hooter by the Omer. Like, exactly the whole problem is because there is a second wheat season. So, like, and he says, since that second wheat season, the grain is never fit for being brought for the Omer, right. so therefore it should never be also from Chadash, you know? I mean, everybody is tries... Is Chadash out of the... Uh, no, uh, well, writing Chadash out of a second wheat season, not out of the first one. You know, you're back to... Anyway, everybody, people try to come up with justifications, but the clearest reality was that for like a thousand years, people were, the, you know, the, the reality in the world in which they lived, you know, that they uh, could not avoid eating it, and they uh, they started with that practice, and they had to find justifications. Nowadays, nowadays, I know, I understand. So nowadays, there are definitely people that are machmir <coughs> anchadash. Especially, it becomes harder because to rely on some of these hetayim. There was a time in my life when I was machmir on this, and then it became hard because there's somebody who, uh, for better or worse, it's sort of like living in the world where you have, you know, um, uh, you know, hechsherim on the food, so therefore, like, nobody will ever eat anything without a hechsher, even if it's totally kosher, once we have access. So it's not exactly the same. But here, somebody actually did the research, and now you can actually send away, and for two bucks or whatever, they'll send you a little pamphlet, and you can go into the grocery store, and basically, based on the barcode or based on whatever, know exactly, like, which lot of wheat, you know, something came from, and whether it came from Chadash or Yashan. So it's like, you know, to say, well, sex sake and rove or whatever, you know, the information is available mm-hmm. with the, where, you know, where the wheat came from that's being used in different types of products. So it really raises very serious <coughs> questions, you know, but the Minog had been, the Nohag had been, the Nohag had been for a thousand years that we somehow became oblivious, you know, the, to that Easter. We came, we, the practice was we, for, again, those realities of what they, was available to them in terms of the wheat and the beer and whatever, and uh, then you had to find a way of rationalizing it. Yes. So it's, it's when it's the, when, when it took root is the salient. Right. To take root before or after the Omer. Right. So, so I'm understanding. So if there is a way to find out, then yeah. how do you not to it, Yeah, it is hard halachically to justify it. it. I, mean, I mean, what you could say is, you could say the fact that the practice had been for so long shows, I don't know, if you went to, shows that we passed in like uh, Tanakam against Rabbi Eliezer. That's the easier thing to say. You know, then you don't have to worry about sex, sake, and rove and all those other things. But it's. Uh, so what do you do with that other mission? All right. So it's Stambach or Tachmachlokas or Something you know. I mean, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's all. I mean, that's why if you want to be Machman Chadash, no, I'm really asking. Yeah, I mean, it's a real issue. Let's talk about another thing where the practice seems to be against uh, what the halacha would have indicated, which <coughs> is the question about Arla. So, if Arla applies in Chutz Aretz. Tosos wants to know how do we drink the wine because all the wine comes from the grafting of shoots of vines to you know old vi- you know to existing vines and that should make everything to be Arla. So if you take a look at Tosos, so wait, because the new one makes it new. If you take a right, if you take a branch off of one vine and graft it onto a new one, then that's be- it's like you just planted that vine, that new br- that branch, and then you should have to wait three years. So if you take a look at Tosos, Tosos says like this: Go back to the bottom of Lamed Vav Amud Bet. He says uh, one, two, three six lines from the bottom at the end of the lines he says like this 
ואם כן, זה תוספוס, איך אני נוגעים מן הכרמים כעובדי כוכבים מבריחים אותם בכל שנה? How do we graft every year, like new shoots onto the vines? Even though they, we, don't, we don't know that every single thing is grafted, here he says you can't, like, unlike what he's going to say in a minute about Chadash, you can't assert that the majority are not grafted. The majority actually, like, are grafted. So what are we going to do about this? Okay? The Omer Rabbeinu Shimshon, this is the Rosh Mishans, he went and he actually spoke to the farmers. Okay, he spoke to the what are they called <coughs> the vintners. But they they don't actually to break it off. What you basically have is is you have a I don't even know. You've got a vine. You've got an old an old vine here. You take a shoot, and what you do with this shoot is that you actually put it underground. Okay, this is called actually it's not. Excuse me, it's not. Um, I see. I actually misspoke there. I keep on confusing um, the two things. There's havracha and what's the other one? Um, no, 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 no. Um, where is it? Hold on. Um, uh, markiv. There's mavrich and markiv. Markiv is to graft. Mavrich is you take a shoot, you put it underground. It comes up in a different place, and then you cut it. And then it's like it's it's like it's, yeah. and then it's growing new. So that's like a new planting. That's okay. That's that's mavrich. That's what he's talking about. It's I don't know what the word English word is for I that. No anyway, but it's not it's not grafting. So that's what they do. They they start new vines by taking them and having them come up in new places. And you cut here, and that should be like a new planting. So he says, it's not grafting, it's this. So he says, so he says, he spoke to them, and they said, they told him, they never actually cut it. It always is still attached to the old one. And therefore, it's not like it's been replanted. Okay, is, is, is getting its nutrients from the old one. and says in the new one when it's still getting its nutrients from the old one. Patur remains patur. It's not like a new planting. but if it is chayav. And um, um, uh, but if it is, uh, but but if it's I, I, if, if it's like cut, then it's chayav. Um, and it's obvious whether it is or not. Um, when it is still getting it, the leaves I guess turn away from the old one. Um, and if you sever it and it stops getting from the old one, then they turn. And they face back to the other one. I have no idea. Okay, I can't tell you. Vesimancha. The way to remember it is: If you're eating food from your friend, so you're a little, you're embarrassed to look at the person because you're like receiving all of their largesse. So therefore, when they're still getting from their from the old one, they're looking away. <laughs> anyway, fine. That would be a little cute. Anyway, Tosin's argument is the way we can drink the wine is cause of this assertion that it's that they actually don't sever it and it's still all grow. Grafting would also be a problem. So then how do we do it? Then they go to the apple farm, you know, and have some cheese and bread. Right. So the halacha is that by Arla, if there's a safek, you're chayav. But the problem here was, as we're saying, is that wasn't a safek. There was a vade. It was a rove, he said. That wasn't that way. No, but you 
Sveika and like Sveika. Sveika. Or which are only which are Lachlamosh Misinai or whatever, or um, um, or Drabanan, were a lot more lenient if there is a basis for doubt. Okay, so the problem was that it wasn't basis for doubt. The problem is that Pradash. Um, no, I mean, actually, the mission I read you, actually, it's actually quite lenient. The mission I read you, I'll just say, is, oh my God, look how late it is, I'm sorry. Anyway, the mission I read you was, it says, um, it says like this, it says, like you could actually go ahead and almost intentionally cause there to be a suffix. There's a lot more leniencies about this. Okay, Tosa's only problem was, was that he didn't even have that basis. Okay, let's keep on going. Back to the Gemara. Okay, um, so now we have this issue about whether Moshavot by, by Nisachim or by Chadash means after the land has been settled or means wherever you dwell. So the Gemara says like this. Um, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Look at Amar Abaye, since Abaye says, I didn't even read the, the, the final line of that. Mantana de Poligale de Rebbe Yezer, Rebbe Yishmael, that since the time of the argument of Rebbe Yezer is Rebbe Yishmael, who says that Moshavot means, according to Rebbe Yishmael, after you settled. So if that's the Tanakhama after you settled, and it's only in the land of Israel. So Shmamina Rebbe Yezer Luchumar Poli. So Rebbe Yishmael says Moshavot means wherever you dwell, even out of the land of Israel, and therefore Rebbe Eliezer is being machmir. Rebbe Eliezer is saying that Chadash applies out of the land of Israel, Shmamina. So that's clear, and that obviously was shot in the Mishnah, that Rebbe Eliezer was saying Chadash applies out of Israel, and the Tanakhama says only in the land of Israel. Okay. Now the Gemara says like this. Michti. Let's take a look. Rebbe Shmel Ahechakai. And Nesachim. He's talking about the Nesachim. We said that. The Nesachim bi'a'umoshav k'sivahu. Because you can't say that the word moshavot means What's the pasuk? Is? Um, the pasuk was what did we say? The pasuk was <laughs> You can't say Moshavot just means the where means uh, the land that you settle because it says when you come to the land that you settle. So it's only the combination of the two that would mean the land of you settle. Otherwise, if it says Moshevotechem, it could mean wherever you dwell. It's also the one that said the thing between Eretz Moshevotechem and Bechol Moshevotechem. So, bia umos of ksiv bahu. So, it's only the combination of the two that presumably would mean after you settle. Otherwise, Moshev mean, might mean wherever you dwell. But says, you're right. Hachikama, that's what he's saying. Rilame, chikomachim, shenemer, bia umoshev. When it says both of those, eno elach yivishavishiv. It doesn't mean everywhere. It means only after you settle. Diver abishmel. And by the way, by chadash, it says bia and moshevot. Okay, so it says dos when you come and settle by by chadash. So that's, that, even though by Chadash it says, Bechomoshvotechem. Nevertheless, the argument, since it also speaks about coming to the land, is the argument that Chadash, at least according to the Tachanakama, would be only in the land of Israel. Because it says, Bia and Moshav, like Rabbi Ishmael. So the Mar says, Ain Elach Yushavishi, one minute. If Rabbi Shmuel saying only the combination of the two mean after you settle and not wherever you live. So Amala Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said to him, Ray Shabbat, and Emarbo Moshavot. Shabbat says Moshavot, right? It says, Shabbat Hilachem, without the Pasuk, Bechomoshvosechem. So Amala Shabbat Kavachomer, and he responded, Oh, Shabbat isn't a problem, because the Kavachomer, we know Shabbat applies in Chutzaris. He. Namely, why do you even have to say that? Say a more basic reason. When I say it means only in the land of Israel, that's the combination of entering and dwelling. Um, and so Shabbos isn't relevant. Shabbos is just as where you dwell. 
Okay, so let us chalva od kama. Yeah, that and another thing. Kamalei chada number one. Dana biya umosh of kamina. Eh, Shabbos isn't a question. Shabbos. I'm talking about coming and so, eh, where it has both words. When you come and dwell, um, and Shabbos only talks about where you dwell. Does not ca- talk about coming into the land. That's number one. Number two, the od kamarta reg Shabbos shenemar bo moshavot. Even if I were just to pay attention to the word moshavot by Shabbos and think that moshavot by itself was significant to me, the land of Israel. I have an answer. Shabbos kavachomrihi. All right. Anyway, so that's not such a convincing read, but nevertheless, the Gemara says that even Rabbi Ishmael does not deny that Moshavot by itself could mean wherever you dwell. It's the combination of the two that means the land of Israel, and it is the combination that we have, by the way, by the case of what do you call it, of Chadash. Chad, then Chadash. it was the combination before Rabbi Akiva raised Kashi. No, he didn't. Only on the Amud Bed. He didn't say it in the actual price. Yeah, yeah, that's how the Gemara modified. But then comes Rabbi Akiva after that, right? Right. I understand. No, and Shabbos, it doesn't say Bia. It only says Moshavot. Right, okay. So, it, it, what, it's all right. Moving on. So the Gemara says, the Gemara reread Rabbi Ishmael and then Rabbi Akiva didn't make sense because there's no way of challenging Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't say Bia. Okay, so the Gemara anyway says like this. Um, okay. Uh, now the Gemara says, uh, okay, Vimai Kamifugi, what's the date? The Kirvun is Sachim Bimidwa Kamifugi, meaning, why, why, why does Rabbi Akiva argue on Rabbi Ishmael? Because the question is whether you assume they brought the Nusachim in the Midbar. Because the Midbar was, so, meaning whether an individual brought the Nusachim on the Bamat Yachi. Rashi says it's clear from the Psukim that a Korban Sibor had Nusachim, even when they were bringing it in the Midbar. Like it's clear about the Korbanot that it speaks about there. But the question is, would an individual bring it? Rabbi Ishmael Savar, low Kirvun they didn't. So when the Torah speaks about when you come into the land, you'll bring the Nesachim, what's the Chiddush of the Torah? So for Rabbi Ishmael, the Chiddush of the Torah was, you as an individual will bring your Nesachim on a Bamat Yachid, you're not doing it now in the Midbar, and that's the Chiddush. But since it's limited to a Bamat Yachid, again, Moshe Rotechem cannot mean wherever you are, it has to mean after you settle. For Rabbi Akiva Savar, Kirvun Nesachim Bamidbar. No, no, no. They, they already brought it, the individuals, on the Bamat Yachid. So if they were already bringing the individuals on the Bamat what does the Torah mean when you enter in the land you'll bring the Sachim what's the Chiddush you're already bringing the Sachim so the Chiddush is you'll bring it even on a Bamat Yachid you'll bring it wherever you are right everybody get it meaning for Rabbi, for Rabbi Ishmael you would only bring it on the Bamat Gedola okay so you'd only bring it on the Bamat Gedola what does B'chol Moshvotechem cannot mean on all your individual bamot because he said you would not bring it on the individual bamot. So, or b'chomosh rotechem means, or not b'chomosh rotechem, but eretz mosh rotechem. Anyway, does not mean the individual bamot. It means after you've settled because they would only bring it on the bamot. And that's the Kiddush of the Pasuk. That outside, in the Midbar, they didn't bring it on the bamot yachiz. On the bamot gedola. Even on the bamot gedola, there was, you didn't bring it. You enter in, you'll bring it on a Bama Gedola. Okay, true. that's Rabbi Ishmael. And that's much that cannot mean individual ones, because he said you wouldn't bring it on individual ones. Rabbi Akiva said they were already bringing it in a Bama Gedola in the Midbar. So what does it mean when you enter the land, you'll bring it? Of course, you've already been bringing it. The only thing it must be telling you is when you enter the land, you'll bring it on the individual Bamot. And therefore, since it's telling you you'll bring it on the Bamot Yachir, but Eretz Moshe means wherever you dwell, not after you settle. Okay, so that's what the debate is about. Okay, now let's just read one more. I'm basically done. Let's just read one line to finish it. 
Um, the Gemara says, uh, okay, Amar Baye, Chai Tana Debei Rebbe Yishmael, Mafik Me'idach Tana Debei Rebbe Yishmael. There's another Tana from Rebbe Yishmael that, uh, that is the opposite of the Tana we just taught about, whether Moshavot means everywhere you are or where you set, or, or once you settled. The Tanya Debei Rebbe Yishmael, Hovenemar Biyot Patoa Stam, Uparat Lecha Achatuv Be'achad Mehem, Acha Yerusha V'Yishiva. You know, it's already 8.30, so unfortunately we'll have to stop here, we'll pick up with this tomorrow.